this time. Not dice funk. I've not observed any villagers eating rats, and the rats are usually assigned to the cat to consume, and I wish to have a cat. Rats are a constant, constant threat to keeping the food in the restaurant in one piece. Uh, every time the genius of Grendel does an experiment, roll intelligence, Chris, and uh, we're going to improv what you've learned from this. Moving around, pieces of metal start flying into it, and at the end of it, there's like a small robotic uh, drone in their hand, and they just kind of toss it into the air, and they say, Ah, yes, that is bloops! That can cover everything! And uh, that is my uh, my warlock familiar. I mean, Ozzy's already befriended one animal. Let's go ahead and just bring in a shark horse into the conversation here. So, could this be a, a magical explosion? Like, they had some sort of... Or a, cr- a creature that escaped, maybe? Ah... Or a person escaping. And I think you can tell everybody that this is a yokai. Oh. Oh. Uh, that's a botch. Can I trap him in a box? Uh, you can certainly try, yeah. As a botch consequence, you tell me what you do. Uh, I want to, like, uh, like they're going to swarm at me, and I want to, like, grab a box. And I want to, like, let them fall, like, they fly into the box. And I want to close it and just, like, duct tape it around, like, 12 times. I'm now curious if there's other food elsewhere going wrong instead of the rice. In my mind, I'm like, this might be a possession yokai. Well, I outside of town, that would be the, be, be the farm. But I'm guessing in town, that's going to be the restaurant. <laughs> slimy. I'm very slick. You try to grab onto me and I'll just slip right out of you. Alright, so we're doing the introduction. So Mari, tell us about yourself and about slime to get us started. Hi, I'm Mari from Geek Remix and I am playing as slime and they enjoy eating brains, absorbing memories, and sitting there motionless and staring at what they think is their pet named Cat, who's a giant lion half ant thing. To be fair, that's also how I treat cats, is just staring at them and just kind of saying weird baby talk under my breath. Just like, you're so cute. You're a precious little baby. From what I can tell from cat owners that I've observed is that owning a cat is mostly staring at them from afar while their cat breaks things. And then once a month, they pet them. I'll go next. Uh, my name is Michael Schicciano. Most people just call me Skitch. Uh, I write music on the side. I help manage the Dice Funk YouTube channel and do other technical support stuff. And I'm playing Aze, the Hobgoblin star druid. Hopefully, and 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 suddenly just friend of animals really rapidly. I mean, that's not out of the druid wheelhouse. No, no, no. I just wasn't expecting that to happen on episode two. Just get a hammerhead 
best friend now, I guess, with that animal handling check that happened last episode. But yeah, I was not expecting that either. Some really good roles last week. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll be carrying some of those forward. You've got a lot of advantages in your corner. I guess I'm talking now. I'll introduce myself. Austin Yorski, Dungeon Master, NPCs. You know what it is. I think my pitch this week for patreon.com slash Austin Yorski is every month we do a credits episode. And that doesn't sound that interesting. Credits? What? I skipped those. Our credits episode is actually very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's read by uh, Lauren Morgan of Let's Talk About Snacks and Joa of Having a Normal Human Job. Um, and they, in addition to reading the credits, just like have fun and you know talk about you know whatever strikes their fancy. And they have a very natural chemistry that's just a joy to listen to. It's that good uh, parasocial stuff you crave. So I would get in there because at the $5 level, you get your name on the list they read. And if you have the funniest name of the month... That's the name of the episode. So you can have an episode of Dice Funk named after you if you're funny enough. Absolutely. What if you're not funny enough? Then they'll then they'll relentlessly make fun of you. They'll dunk on you. <laughs> they'll tell you you have a little dick and they're going to step on you. Well, now you're appealing to a very different audience. Wait, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Wait. I thought that was what we wanted to do. Listen, we serve both audiences. If you're very funny, they'll say, wow, that's a great name. And then you'll get your name in the title. And if you're not funny, they'll be like, you pathetic worm. What do you think? You could just come into this show and speak to us? For free? You sicken me. This is free? Yeah, $5. Oh, $5. $5. Yeah, you've that's got to be a, a Patreon. Deal. Su- yeah, you've got to support on the Patreon to get into the credits. That's the whole thing. You've got to pay to get called a piece of shit. Is there, a, is there an exclusive t- be yelled at tier? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if you if you put it at ten dollars a month, do they like uh like mail you some C- CBT? Is that what they call it? I don't know what that is. What is that? Cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy? Cock, cock and ball torture? Is it that? Yeah, thing? yeah, that is oh. also CBT. <laughs> CBT can mean many things. <laughs> <laughs> CBT can be cock and ball torture or cognitive behavior. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud before, so it's just like, it's like a cool See, acronym. Here's the thing, CBT, I assumed you were saying cock and ball torture, but then I went, wait, how do you mail order that? <laughs> and also, that's just not Chris's brand, honestly. Oh, it's it's just a mail, uh, mousetrap in the mail. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you gave me an idea for slime. Just make your backer name, please call me a piece of shit. Pay more money, get yelled at better. 2021. Oh boy. It's got very psychosexual. Chris. Hi, my name is DJ Pecan Pie, and this season I'm going to be playing a character who is actually a shard of my heart. And if you collect all 17 of them, then you get a gem. What's the point of even doing this introduction if you're not going to introduce yourself? Austin, I... I, I, look, you can't start fucking Mission Impossible 19 with somebody being like, I don't know what the main character for Mission Impossible is called, but he's like, hey, it's me, Tom Cruise's character. I'm introducing myself. I've been here for fucking ever. Everyone knows who it is. All right. And if you don't, yeah, you're good. yeah. There's a reason that we introduce ourselves on episodes one, two, and three, but not episode 19. <laughs> well, the Mission Impossible series actually is starring Tom Cruise playing as Tom Cruise. It's not yeah. a film of fiction, it's a docu-series. So, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I feel like I don't know the names of ninety nine percent of action movie heroes, but I do know Ethan Hunt, 
the lead of Mission Impossible because those movies actually kind of whip ass. So see, I, I know his name's Ethan Hunter <laughs> only because it rhymes with something else that feels kind of applicable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Laura, spicy. That was Love a spicy it. one from Laura. <laughs> oh, so good, fantastic. I will say that introducing ourselves is important because every season is self-contained story and, we, you know, there's always going to be new listeners, especially when you have such spicy characters as the zombie wizard and the illithid chef. I think that gets people listening. I know a lot of people told me they, they listened because they heard there was a barbarian unicorn in one season or a Yu-Gi-Oh wizard. People love that shit. So I want to hear about the, the, the squidling chef. Uh Yes, so I'm 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 Laura. I go by Laura K Buzz on various places on the internet, and I play Neelith, who is a squidling bard. Who, that they're, they're a mix between uh, a tentacle Cthulhu alien that likes to eat brains and a little goblin. So they're just a cute little ball of tentacles that makes vegan brain substitutes. Mmm. And does does cooking magic. So Laura K Buzz, our squidling bard, our good chef friend. Last we left the adventure, uh, you all came to the realization that the yokai, which you brought into the village and which possesses food, would almost certainly head for the nearest uh, collection of food, which is in your restaurant. So we need to start with you setting the scene of the restaurant. Tell us about it. What does it look like? What's it called? Let's just get in here and do some world building. Oh, I've been... I've been wrestling with what to call this restaurant literally since episode one. Every day, I've been, I've had, I've had a short list. I had a long list. I've been, I've been whittling it down. I think the restaurant is called, and I think this is applicable for a, for a mind flayer, d- illithidy restaurant, the wind and dined flayer. Question, question: Is there? For no reason, like a little like neon light animation thing of like a mind flare, like flipping like a skillet or something like that with like a little cute brain being flipped in the skillet oh, or something. Oh, 100% indeed. There, there is, there right. is a cute little animation. Like there's, there's a little wink being done with the, with the neon. Lights. Oh yeah, of course. No, what's winking? Is, is it the, 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 the chef or the brain or both of them are winking at you? Oh, but now you've suggested that both of them are winking. The brain has a little happy face on it as well. You know, there you go. Exactly. Is it brainy? Your mascot? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's brainy. The brain. I'm made of vegan alternatives. <laughs> Now, and, and lastly, is the daily special Mind Over Mutton, or is it something else? Oh, I, w- I want to tell you about some of the recent specials we've had at the Wined and Dined Flare. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a week where all we we uh, we did was meals that involved uh, pork products, mm. because that week it was the Swined Flare week. Uh, there was a week where everything was seasoned with either like um, cheese or bacon or lemon. You know, it, it was rind flare week. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, keep 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 pouring it on. Oh okay okay. Uh, there was there was a week recently where they they um, made sure not to have you know too many processed foods uh, on the on the menu that week. Uh, not not things that had been sort of refined too much. It was the unrefined flare. Mm. Today, as we walk in, uh, there there is a, a a dessert that is the special of the day. Um, it is the medulla oblongato. Oh, gato, G A T E A U. Yeah, medulla oblongato. <laughs> I was so confused. There's an item I think in Pokemon called like the something gato, and I was a kid, and I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Yeah, you know, not 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 super up, up to date on your ga- gatos. No. <laughs> 
fucking oh. Americans not knowing any fucking British dessert terms. <laughs> I'm all for the ghetto here, okay? So, yeah. but I think we have I think we have something else to worry about. Um, mainly is the ghetto uh, possessed or not? I think it's the first question we have entering oh, the no. scene. No, it's it's not. Well, let's hope it's not. We'll find out when we get in there. I can tell you one <laughs> thing about the medulla oblongata. It is crany yummy. Cr crany yummy. Ah, uh, fantastic. I hope you're ready for this to be this whole fucking season. Mm -hmm. Love it. <laughs> okay, so this is also your house. So you've described this before a little bit, but can you give us a full up look at at least the first floor if you live on the second floor of this, bu this building? It's like... This is kind of the most important place in town to you. Yeah, so I think that um it's it's kind of kind of cheesy decor on the inside. I think that uh Skitch's discussion of the idea of the neon sign of the person flipping the brain in the pan, I think that captures the energy of this place. It's slightly cheesy tourist trap kind of energy. Um this is the kind of thing where, like, yeah, during the winter, she's only really going to be serving the locals. But, like, you know, when the when the big rush comes through town, she wants this to be a a tourist destination that all of the uh, the people running through town are like, "Ha, huh, brain theme restaurant." Not tried that before. Sure, why not? Um, like, probably playing up the mind flayer thing, the the whole illithid thing, a bit more than would necessarily, you know than she would do for the locals because you know you gotta you gotta have a gimmick as a restaurant um yeah to the locals you're just neely everyone knows you but to the adventurers who come through the mountain this is like a big yeah. thing it's like that restaurant which is famous yeah. because the people who work there are mean to you yeah it's like an experience yeah. oh wiener circle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like i think the thing about this this restaurant is that like during the winter now that like it everything's winding down a lot of the stuff is just like piled up in the corner to get it out of the way because we don't really need it for for this part of the year. So like, there's a corner that's got brain shaped bean bags piled up against the wall. <laughs> um, you've that. you've you've got like um, I I don't know. You've you've got cartoon. You've got little standees of of half cartoonish, half scary mind flayers that are, like, they've got the, the hole cut out the face so you can put your face through and be like, oh, look, I'm the Illithid here at the Illithid restaurant. Like, I do love that because, like, mind flayers are some of the most fearsome creatures in D&D, &D, but in our setting they've just been commercialized and it's like all these people are like, yeah, get your portrait drawn with your, yeah. your head through a standee of a elder brain or whatever the hell. It really, it really sells the sort of the almost like the tourist attraction vibe that Grendel has during the non-winter seasons of the year in the setting. Exactly. Like, I think there's a corner where you've got, like, a, a fake uh, backdrop painted, so if someone wants to get a, a photo of themselves faking being scared as the very scary <laughs> chef Illithid comes to eat their brain, you know, it's it's... It's stereotypical, but I think that Neely's just sort of accepted, like, this is how you get people through the door, and they're having a good time, it's fine. As long as it brings them in and they have a good time, good by me. Yeah, you'd think the snow season would be the least I relate to something as someone who grew up in Florida, but the tourist vibes, this is extremely mm -hmm. Southwest Florida, yeah. where there's like six people who live there half the year, and then when summer rolls around, it's just an absolute tacky nightmare hellhole. I I think as well, like, a lot of the, the the walls of the restaurant are covered in, like, 
Anytime anyone even vaguely notable came through town on their way up to the top of the mountain, or mm-hmm. that seemed important or maybe famous, who knows? Um, their photo got taken and it goes up on the wall. You know, it's what it's that kind of level of place, I think. Yeah. Love it. All, all humans, elves, and dwarves in like big plate armor, and they're all like knights and stuff, and they're all so excited to to pretend to eat brains in your restaurant. I love that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I think that's that's the 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 vibe as we walk in is off season tacky themed diner. Um. So I think if you had rolled worse last episode, the, there'd be a, a knowledge deficit, which would make this situation more complicated. But I think you got here really quick because uh, the genius Grindel rolled, I believe, a twenty six on history. So you absolutely know what's going on, and you put everything together very quickly. And so I think. As you like march towards the, you know, the back of the restaurant, I guess, I'm trying to think do medieval restaurants, they don't have freezers per se, but you know, like the, what are they called? Larder, right? It's a larder. Oh, I should read more fantasy yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a dry, coolish room. <laughs> yeah. And so you're like, With shelves. Yeah, a larder. You're like, yeah, that's where the yokai, yokai is hiding and you all just march there, weapons raised. This isn't going to, you're not going to get taken by surprise. And so the yokai just breaks stealth and it comes flooding out of the larder in a wave of molten Nacho cheese. Oh no, that's going to be really hard to get out of the hardwood floors. <laughs> uh, mm. Roll initiative. Oh boy. It's going to be my whole afternoon now, just scrubbing cheese out the floor. All right, so Neil, if you start, you see this flood of uh, liquid cheese coming out of the larder, and I think it starts to take on a vaguely humanoid shape. I think the head section is like a wheel of cheese, like a big Gouda wheel, uh, but the the rest of it is just you know pure liquid monster and you get a chance to do something before it attacks i'm trying to find a spell that isn't going to just demolish my entire very nice restaurant yeah actually, i actually think that's an interesting wrinkle to this fight is that you all want to protect this building so i think what i'll say is you can take disadvantage to do an attack safely mm. without any chance of damaging the restaurant or you can get advantage to attack recklessly to damage the restaurant for sure oh if you no to you, you you know that chris is gonna take that <laughs> If you choose to attack normally, then uh, there's just a chance that there'll be some cosmetic damage, mostly with botches. I'm not going to punish you for attacking normally, but I think that's a fun risk-reward mechanic now that you say it, Neelith. Uh, okay, Neelith is going to attempt to cautiously cast Thunder Wave uh, in, an attempt, <laughs> in an attempt to not ruin too much of the restaurant. All right, that's um, a con. So, uh, that is a constitution save, so uh, yeah... With advantage on their part, then, I guess, yeah. Yep, the best uh, stat for the yokai, interestingly enough, uh, that's a oh. 24, a crit that doesn't do anything, but just except for half damage. Uh, so that's nine, which is halved to, it's rounded down, isn't it, to four damage? Yeah, to four. Yeah. Yep. I like the flavor on this, though, as you see the, the yokai emerging from the larder, and you raise your, your frying pan, and you're like, I'm gonna blow this bitch up, and then you look around, and you're like, oh, I don't want to ruin my restaurant, and so yeah. when you do the spell, it's the much smaller splattering it's, explosion. It's, it's not even, like, so so much the restaurant itself, it's, the restaurant is, is organized how Neely likes it, she, she she's very organized, everything has a place, and it, no, no, no ruining it, please. Very tragic, so the, the cheese monster kind of pulls itself together more solidly, uh, you see that it has, uh, you know, like I said, the, the big Gouda wheel at its head, I think it has, uh, the kind of gooey mozzarella stick-like arms, and it kind of, you know, whips them at you almost, and tries to hit you, Neil, 
Amulet because you're in the lead here. You attacked. Uh, 15. Uh, 15 will hit, I believe. Yeah, right. 15 hits. All right. Neely, uh, 14 damage as you get mozzarella smacked down with all the force of this yokai. Uh, and it is uh, Slime's turn. Can I roll around and cat? No, that wouldn't work. No. <laughs> I just like the idea of you rolling around, though. That's fun. <laughs> I choose shocking grasp at the cheese. Are you doing it carefully, normally, or recklessly? Carefully. Carefully. So it is. 12 actually hits. The cheese is not wearing Ooh. armor. All right. So that's 2d8. I mean, yeah, it's not that difficult to, to cut through cheese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's 2d8 damage. And as an added note here, um, it the cheese cannot take reactions until the start of its next turn. So, oh balls. Okay, it, uh, it's it's been it's been tasered. Yeah, and actually, I, I'll say that counts for my legendary actions because I was gonna attack slime in response. But I think uh, the spirit of that is that the cheese is too shocked. I think technically the rules lawyer within me says that legendary actions are not necessarily reactions, but I think that's the spirit of it. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. In the name of friendship, I shock the cheese. <laughs> I like the phrase shock the cheese. It's shock the monkey adjacent. What's the what's this look like? Do you just uh touch it with your gross hands and it's shocked or is there an actual electricity component? I walk up to it and say in the name of friendship, I shock the cheese. <laughs> and I shock the cheese by touching it. All right. <laughs> uh so not a lot of damage, but you avoid being uh counterattacked with the electricity and it's the genius of Grendel's turn. So I get an advantage if I do what? If you attack recklessly. <laughs> Which means you have a higher uh, chance of destroying the restaurant. <laughs> and then say I cast lightning bolt. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire a crossbow just regularly. Uh so the genius is going to uh shift slightly in their chair and move one arm up, and there's just gonna be a button underneath, and they're just gonna slam it, just like punch it. And a little like uh, slot will open up in the side of their wheelchair, and a uh, crossbow arrow is going to shoot out at the the cheese. All right, uh, seven. No, I think the way that works is that the bolt hits it square in the tummy, and then just gets <laughs> slurped right in there, just uselessly. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Was not expecting that response, but it, good. It's a result. It's a result. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You have to take the experiment results however they come. Aze. Mm. Aze sees the uh, concern in the, uh, Neely's eyes and is going to try to help, uh, well, cautiously burn things down here. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean literally burn. Uh, so he's going to tap into another starry form. So he expends a use of wild shape. Uh, light kind of traces along his body and a new constellation forms along uh, his arms. This one, there's two constellations. One is a constellation of what appears to be a hand and the other one is like a serpent or a snake. Um, And this is the sign known as the manipulator. Um, And this is acting in place of the archer starry form so basically, it grants him a bonus action attack he can do every turn. Cool. So he so that forms, and then his, his uh, 
So he has his one hand holding his star map, the other one points out at the at the cheese, and he will do his bonus action attack with disadvantage to just try to get a hit on on the creature here. So this is going to be with a plus eight. My word. Uh, that's a 14. Hit. So that's a D8 plus five. So that's 13 damage, radiant. Nice. And then he is going to follow that up on his main action by uh, just going whole hog and just uh, casting Guiding Bolt as a third level spell, once again with disadvantage to hopefully hit the cheese and get something going here. And he rolls a 19 on his second attack there. Now that one doesn't hit. Isn't that weird? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. Now this is Radiant too, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to be 6d6 Radiant damage. Um, and so that's 26 Radiant damage. Oh, my word. And the next attack made against the target has advantage, which means you can take the attack normally at no risk by nullifying the disadvantage there. So that actually does all the HP to get to a threshold ability this monster has, which is once it drops to a certain level, it, it escapes. Mm. I've seen this once already when the genius of Grendel trapped the rice in a box and the rice just stopped moving. Mm -hmm. The cheese begins to uh, you know, lose its firmness and kind of you know, melt down onto the floor. But as it does so, it does fire the crossbow bolt out of itself at Aze, uh, almost like petulantly, like, mm. you, <laughs> you stop that, that hurts. Uh, 21, that does hit. Ooh, 21 hits, though that hits really well, yeah. Um, so actually, Genius of Grendel, can you roll your crossbow damage against Aze? Uh, 10. Oof, that is a, it's a sound hit right <laughs> against Aze there. Yeah, so a parting shot. The yokai tags Aze with the crossbow bolt as it the cheese kind of melts onto the floor. Uh, the restaurant, miraculously unharmed during this fight. Radiant damage really turned the tide at the end there. That was, I mean, over 60 Oof. damage in one turn. My word. Um, but yeah, it's going limp. Um, there's like a moment here where someone might be able to say or do something um, as the yokai spiritually flees the scene. All right, so I walk up to Nilith. And I say, fear not, my friend, for I have the solution to your woes. And I open my maw and make out a gurgling nightmarish sound as yellow liquid pours from my mouth and pours everywhere. I think this is going to become a reaction gif after the HBO adaptation comes out. <laughs> I, I I like to I like to think that this has happened before to enough times that like. Not only does does Neelith know that this is okay and that this is fine and will fix everything, but has also taken the the time to to check this and it is a sanitary um <laughs> it, it it is a a sterile fluid. It's fine. No one else understands though. Only yeah. I I think during this, uh, Neelith is sort of floating around on the floor, just checking all the little uh, little marks she's made on the floor as to where the table legs are meant to be, just to check that they're all still in place and that nothing's been bashed about too much. And do I need to roll anything for the mending? No. All right, and then I after the all of the slime and monstrous goo comes out of me, I say I say now I will be a part of your restaurant forever. It is bound. And then I walk away. That is an honor. Thank you. I would like to cast a spell. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what the spell is first. I'm just going to pull out a black gear and uh, throw it at the yokai. 
and you you make me a wisdom saving throw. <sighs> so ominous. Five. Bad. So I cast Enthrall. So I'm going to charm this creature. Uh, condition immunities. Charmed. Exhausted. Frightened. Paralyzed. Aww, petrified. Poisoned. You can't be charmed. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah, Aww. I did not see that coming, but I did have charm as an immunity, right. unfortunately. The black gear will disintegrate into the air. Mm. Ah, drat. This is a tough thing to experiment on. Oh, you, you, you could say that again. Genius I didn't brother. even have the opportunity to heat up the arrow and make everything explode with cheese. Let me remove it from my arm before you do that. No, no, it's already gone. Oh, uh, God, I really need to get that cheese up off the floor before it sets in. Oh. Neela starts getting a little chisel and trying to scrape up the cheese while it's still partially melted. Uh, so the party attacked carefully throughout the whole thing, so there was never going to be any serious damage. But with mending from slime, there isn't even any minor damage. I'd say that once this little cleanup session is done, uh, the restaurant looks as if nothing had happened. So congratulations on that. Almost as if it's alive now. <laughs> oh no, Mari. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, Ozzy does remove the arrow from his arm in any case. Yeah. And then seats it works to heal himself a little bit as he has a seat at one of the tables uh Neelith is gonna heal herself by eating her um healing food a little pack lunch yeah so for short rests uh we usually just roll hit dice or you you have a chef mechanic where you can make a little healing food for the audience you don't have to worry about it we do uh, a relatively small number of encounters per level so short rests are pretty powerful and just kind of top up the characters between fights. And then long rests are whole ordeals that usually get their own episodes as the characters will level up and re recharge their hit dice, their healing resource. So you don't have to worry about it too much. But essentially, after every main fight, the characters will heal if they are able. Well, uh, in, ter in terms of the food, I think that like... Neelith has specifically gone into the back in the kitchen is rustling up some stuff specifically. I don't want don't know what everyone's favorite food is outside of Arze, but if everyone anyone's got a favorite meal, um I I would like to think that Neelith has at least a small like batch of it ready to go at a moment's notice. Uh I don't think the genius has one. I don't know if anyone's seen the genius eat before. <laughs> has has the genius ever ordered anything in the restaurant? No. Okay. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna headcanon this as, um, I, I think that every time that that Neelith has tried to bring the genius food, um, every time she has basically thrown darts at a dartboard and tried to go for something completely different to be like, maybe this will get a response? Uh, so today it's going to be... Uh, I'm definitely not pulling up anything to have a look at. Uh, <laughs> some temporal lobe. Te temporal lobe. Te That's great. Of, yeah. I just had tempeh. lobe. Yeah. There you go. I'm trying to go as vegetarian as possible. IRL. So, uh, d does the genius show any response to being offered this? Oh, thank you, but I am quite full at the moment. Of course you are. Hmm. It smells quite good, though. 
Oh, I mean, it's it's got all sorts of you know vitamins and things in it that are really good for a for a, for a busy working brain. I imagine so. You could do some real good science on this. What, like as a table? No, by by consuming it and then doing good science. Mm. Perhaps a hypothesis to test later. I think we should go investigate the yokai right now. Neelis puts this into a packed lunchbox and like sneaks it onto the back of the the chair. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking this home with you, whether you know it or not. So the party uh, cleans and heals up, and we can set the scene of kind of if you want to eat the specific foods uh, to to bolster yourself before the next leg of this uh, adventure. But here's where we actually enter the main gameplay loop of season eight. <gasps> Laura, are you excited about gameplay loops? We've we've gotten through the tutorial. What's the gameplay loop? What am I doing? What 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 is the actual game? Is this is this is this Among Us the season? It's not among us, although I've seen a lot of people uh, guess that. Speculate that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, basically, you're going to encounter problems in this season, and then you're going to have to solve them. And the way you mostly will be able to do that is by going to one of ten locations in Grendel, each uh, represented by one of the NPCs. Uh, These NPCs will have information and items and other various assistances to offer you. Um, and those will help you solve your problems. Uh, so it's kind of imagine anytime you're at a loss for what to do, a little menu will pop up with ten choices. Yeah. Also, you you can go see images of all of these characters over on Cosminion's Twitter. Yes. At Cosminion. Yeah. Uh, so the villagers are Marina, the tailor, Applewhite, the farmer, who we've already met, Sun, Moon, Stars, the grave digger. Ruth, the therapist, Shoko, the blacksmith, actually mentioned in episode one as where the genius went at the end of the workday, Gigi, the governor, we met last episode, Uh, Vary, the pastor, Venta, the barber surgeon, Hale, the historian, and Potter, the bartender. You know all these people, and you know, just from context clues of their profession, what kind of information they could offer you. So you're all sitting here, you're eating, except for the genius who's being evasive about it um and you all talk amongst yourself and decide where to go next well i mean potter as the bartender might know something just on the chance that this thing's in fact it is is inhabiting food maybe it inhabits drink too i don't know maybe they might be a target to worry about i believe that we should go see hell with the library we could find all sorts of knowledge that perhaps would give us answers I mean, that is very true. That probably would help. Um, the only other thought I have is maybe very, because as a pastor, they might... This this thing seemed to be damaged by radiant damage. Like, maybe there is some kind of religious element to understanding what this thing is. The genius has an audible groan and eye roll at the suggestion. Look, mm-hmm. look. Look, it's it's the it's the church magic that's good against it. The, the church 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 one might know something. If you've seen uh, the genius of Grendel's character sheet, it's mentioned specifically that the genius does not care for Vary the pastor. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming that you are you're the li- is the genius the living embodiment of like atheist YouTubers. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh no, that'd be... Oh no, a religious figure can't... 
Listen, there's got to be some rivalries in the season to spice it up. They all can't be your best friend. It's Animal Crossing season. They can't all be my best friend. Oh, no, that's not true. I play Animal Crossing. There's like two villagers I start up fights with. Like, I just like... <laughs> Chris plays Animal Crossing for keeps. Listen, okay, I just, I, I'm just waiting for Beardo to leave the island. That's all I need right now. <laughs> I, I will be clear, out of character, too. I, I'm perfectly... Like, Vary is also a very good suggestion. I just wanted to note, in character, my character's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 F that. I, oh, yeah, thing. for sure. I, I, my my thinking is the historian is a very good all-round suggestion if we don't know who else to go talk to. I think that if we've got an idea that is a bit more specific to that case, into that, that case, that might be worth doing, and that's why I suggest the pastor, but that might be a dead end and we might just go see the historian anyway. The only problem is that Slime is going to want to eat the historian more than usual. Oh yeah, I like that as because as someone who loves knowledge and gains it by eating people, I think that's it's just like a cartoon where you're stuck on an island and the person you start hallucinating that they're a big ham. It's like that, but all the time they won't, they won't eat them. I know because they know they shouldn't, but they want to. <laughs> but Hale is so juicy from your perspective. Just waiting for them to die of natural causes, so it would be okay. Yeah. I I think I think Neelith is gonna suggest to the group, um. I think it's worth us asking very first, just just on the off chance that there is something holy type going on about this. If they don't know anything, I promise we can go and look at some science, some science books that aren't based on people's feelings. Does that make you feel better, genius? Do you feel better if we agree to very quickly leave if nothing is useful? <sighs> I could be outside while you go talk to him. No, you don't want to use your big genius brain to work out the puzzle of what we need to ask to get the information. Oh, no. I can, I can pick out the holes in various arguments from outside the room. It is okay. <laughs> genius is sitting in the parking lot making the dismissive wanking <laughs> gesture for half an hour. Okay, okay, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, genius. If we go in there and we learn something, I'm not going to tell you what we learn. There's going to be knowledge that you won't have. Oh. <gasps> Excellent! Something new to discover. You you tried valiantly. Don't worry. Uh, <sighs> I would be outside the room in case the cheese monster attacks again. Yeah, I think because you got a twenty-six on your history check about yokai, I think uh, the genius is well aware that the yokai will move to the biggest nearest source of food next, which will be the farm. But because of the righteous ass beating it just took, it will take a while for it to regain its strength. So you, I would say you like, oh, we probably have a couple hours before Applewhite is in danger. So we're gonna you're gonna go there, you know that. But it's not like oh, we don't have time to check for weaknesses. So we, you know? We've got time to say check both with Very and with. Uh, the historian as well and probably be fine well yeah that's gonna be the question going forward is that usually usually i'm gonna say you always have a chance to check one location checking two will be pushing it into danger territory usually it's like oh are, is this a big risk will there be consequences that's dice funk ah. is making hard choices and having consequences but oh one visit will pretty much always be safe unless but I in, say, say but in this case two will probably be safe because the the thing has taken a beating maybe Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. <laughs> okay, so we go see Vary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vary is an orc. Now, it's something important to know about orcs in the Dice Funk setting is that they are not the orcs you're probably used to. Here's the short history of the orc. 
Uh, orcs, obviously popularized by Lord of the Rings. They are, um, a, you know, part of a long tradition of little guys, <laughs> goblins, hobgoblins, imps, gremlins, you know, just little guys throughout culture. Or the Lord of the Ring orc kind of became a standard. Um, but then Dungeons and Dragons had an orc and it was an anthropomorphic pig. Uh, that's what we're working with. These are pig people. If, now, if you've ever seen like Ganon in sort of like stood up pig man form, like kind of that. I mean, explicitly, because what happens in later editions of Dungeons and Dragons is that D&D moves to a Lord of the Rings style orc, which I think eventually becomes uh, set in stone by Warcraft. I was going to say, yeah, it feels like it becomes a World of Warcraft orc eventually as well, just with green skin. In the West, orcs become essentially non-negotiably Warcraft-esque at a certain point. But in Japan, uh, the D&D orc from the 70s, the pig, uh, actually caught on and stayed their default. So in JRPGs and in Zelda, uh, the pig orc is the default, and that's ex- explicitly why Ganon is a pig. That's that's why that is the way it is. But also in a lot of m- manga and anime, orcs are just pigs. They're also known as porks. For pig orc, obviously, they're awesome. Well, let's 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 go see our friend Pasta Ganon. Pasta, <laughs> Pasta Ganon, huh? Pasta Ganon. Slime screams in excitement. Just a long scream. Uh, we already had a uh, Flavor Town orc situation way back in season two. So oh, we did. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, so Very is a big pink pork pork yeah pork pig orc uh just like a a heavy set jolly looking uh fella wearing kind of uh priest robes uh cosmignon's illustration of him is very friendly i think uh religious figures in dice funk have a history of being antagonistic but i look at this in various friend shaped i gotta say i mean look it takes a lot for me to think that a religious figure is friend shaped but you you, you're getting there with this one (laughs) Uh, I think the 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 religious building very is in. That's very V E R Y, as in the intensifying word. Uh, is a big igloo, mm-hmm. just kind of just like an unassuming igloo. Um, and you kind of crawl through the entrance. I actually did a lot of research, but igloos go in the run up to the season. They're fascinating. Apparently, they have to the interiors have to be curved at a specific like parabolic angle to trap the body heat. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- it's pretty warm in here. It's like body heat temperature as you crawl into this. Bit. It's a big igloo. Um, once again, did a bunch of research. Uh, the igloos can be dug into the ground and they can have multiple chambers. This one is uh, fairly big, so you can stand up inside and there are like multiple rooms. I will say that um, there are a couple of uh, statues in here, or statuettes. Like there's like uh, small pillars with little statues on them. Uh, three religious figures. Uh, there is an owl. There is a snake, and there is a cat mm-hmm. on these on these pillars. Uh, you probably know some, but if you want to roll religion to know more, you can always do that. Uh, 21 and 22 a super pass Uh, I think all of you have probably heard Varys bullshit plenty of times I'm saying bullshit that's kind of prejudicial Uh, you've heard Varys speak at length about these figures Uh, they're just referred to as like the cat the the bird and the snake you know the serpent this is kind of like a trinity of old gods um, because in our setting uh, there was the old world Essentially, original D&D with its pantheon, which includes real world ancient pantheons like the Norse gods, the Egyptian gods, the Greek gods. Mm -hmm. All of that was destroyed. 
we are you're living in a post-apocalyptic world um, and above you at the top of the mountain is a portal to the new world that the old gods created to start over and people are just now beginning to explore it and get ready to move up there and you were kind of living in the last days of the old world and these three figures are the old gods uh, or the old gods that people still know and care about and uh, I think you know that they're venerated as um, people like mm-hmm. You know, they were born as mortals who became godlike. Um, and that's kind of the way gods are now in the world. Do they have do they have specific names at all besides just the snake, the, the other two, and I think there was might be a fourth one? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Judaism where you're not supposed to say Yahweh. It's like the, there are names for these these figures, but people but just call them. But they're not spoken. Yeah, yeah. Just to be respectful. With these good roles, I think probably you know them and you can probably say them if you want to be a dick. Uh, yeah, I was like, I, I feel like I know who they are, but I didn't know if, if colloquially they're referred to as anything else or just. If the, if the genius just wants to be a dick and shout them through the door, that's apparently on the table. <laughs> no, I, I, no, it's, it's all about, look, someone has to let people make theories. So I have no idea what these things are. I assume a reference to uh, my three favorite serial mascot characters, Toucan Sam, Tony, the tiger, Tony, the tiger and the uh, smack profs frog, except it's a snake. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, the, yeah. Exactly. All three of my favorites in one place. He 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 gave up his limbs to be a god. Yes. Oh man. And those sugar crisps really. No wait. That's a bear. I don't know. I mean, well, that's a bear. Yeah. Honey smacks. <laughs> honey smacks is what I was thinking of. They're all very godlike. Can't get enough of that sugar crisp. Uh, I'm assuming it would probably make sense for Arze to to lead the conversation in here because I feel like Arze would probably get on best with with very. <laughs> Yeah, I would say you when you enter the igloo, you crawl in. There's the opening area. There's probably like a carp, like a rug on the ground where you can kind of like sit and talk with the pastor, and that's where the statues are. And then there's like a tunnel down to. Uh, there's probably two tunnels actually. One to like a little kitchen area, and one to a little sleeping area. And I bet as soon as you enter the igloo, you just hear these raucous snores just like pigs oh my my word have you heard the oinkers on these fools it's amazing and they sound like they're constantly leaking i love it slime slithers quickly to the sleeping pig (laughs) okay slime immediately penguins over to very who's asleep and then gets close to their face Uh so very close okay and the pig opens their eyes and i say every day I await the moment of your death so that we can finally know each other truly. And then in that moment, you will really understand your gods. <laughs> um, I think uh, Very stares at you with just true existential horror and a single teardrop slips from his eye <laughs> as he s- contemplates infinity in the endless void of death. Ne- Neely shouts from the, the, the back of the room, Obviously, only if you consent to having your brain eaten after death, because at Slime, as you remember, it's very important that you get people's agreement before you eat brains. Not everyone is chill about it. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Very rubs his eyes and sits up and he says, uh, brain eating is uh, very cool with the kids these days, but you know who's even cooler? And from nowhere, he pulls out a chair and he turns it around backwards and sits on it. And he says, Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, he walked into the youth, all the youth <laughs> session. Damn it. Can I, can I slam the doors closed from outside? 
Yes, genius. You could just slam the igloo door from far away. Um, oh, God. I went to youth group for so many years just for this moment. Same. Oh, no. no. Oh. He rolls up his the sleeves of his robe he was inexplicably wearing while napping. It says, what about our lords and saviors, the Trinity, our most beloved figures of worship and love? I was there when your gods died. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm getting lightheaded for real. I could show you when you die. You didn't expect that conversation to happen, Austin. I didn't see that coming. I think very it takes a moment to like do a very loud cartoon gulp, and then refixes his look on Neely, who's clearly trying to save him, and says, "Well, you know, our our ladies actually did live and die mortal lives, and that makes them." Much more relatable, don't you think? They're like like the cool kids who teach you the way. Consent to your consumption when you die and embrace immortality. Uh, we, have, we have more pressing matters to deal with than your insistence on eating Varys brains here, slime. <laughs> sorry, sorry. With all this going on, I almost forgot there's other stuff going on. We got attacked by nacho cheese. <laughs> now, we all know gluttony is a sin. But you know what's not a sin? A nice bowl of kale. I worry that if we don't get a current conundrum solved, there will be not for kale nor nacho cheese for the stretch of this winter that is before us, Very. Yeah, I, I should probably explain more short version. Um, we, we, we left town and we found one of the carts that was leaving and... Um, the people who had the cart were dead or missing, and we got attacked by some haunted rice, and then the ghost moved into the nacho cheese. The restaurant's fine, by the way. Um, whatever it is seems to be susceptible to radiantness, and we thought maybe... Do, do you know anything about religion-based food ghosts? Now, there, there's no wrong answer for picking who to go talk to, uh, but of all the people, I think Vary was probably the best. Uh, he knows exactly what to do in this situation. Uh, he says, a yokai. It's funny you say ghost. Yokai could be translated as ghost. It's a nuanced word, uh, but... There are many different kinds of yokai. Some are more like animals. Some are kind of like people. Some are objects, which kind of get up and dance around. <laughs> it's great fun to see. But a ghost type, whew, now there's something I can help you with. I know all about exorcisms. Uh, are, are, you, are you who we're, we're supposed to call when there's, when there's a ghost around? Well, I would never bust. Busting is a sin. <laughs> Is, is it not true that, though, as the scripture says, that busting makes me feel good? <laughs> a lot of things make us feel good, Neely, but that doesn't mean we should do them. I only bust in my heart for the Lord's. <laughs> Can we, I, I, I really want the, the episode to be busting for the Lord now. Aze <laughs> um, uh, just sort of, like, looks around, does a gesture of his hand and, like, Star patterns just start forming along the uh, the curve of the igloo, while the the little banter is happening. Uh, I'm slowly renaming all of Aze's spells and features over time to stylize them a little bit better. So instead of druid craft, it's star craft. You know, just uh, yeah, just there you go, right? <laughs> but the checks in the mail, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, we're, I, I was thinking about busting for the Lord. Um, so if you got yourself a ghost yokai situation, I'd say there's probably two different ways to handle it. Uh, one is to find the source of the terrible grief that binds this ghost to our world. I imagine uh, somewhere this ghost has a body and the body's very sad. On the other hand, if it's a food yokai, I know just the solution for that. See, the food wants to be eaten. Doesn't that make sense? Yes, it does. Now, you can't kill the food because food isn't alive anymore. I guess you could eat a living creature, but who would be so awful? Now, if you ate the food possessed by the yokai and then you died, you would take the spirit with you to the afterworld. To, to, to clarify something about this very... The cart that the yokai was found upon, it was occupied before. Whoever had the cart uh, was no more when we arrived. So are you suggesting that the yokai either is from the spirit of the people on the cart seeking solace or merely that it attacked them and they were incapable of consuming it before it consumed them? I think Vary gets up, gets another chair, turns that one around, and then sits down on it. Um, <laughs> it says, well, Aze, think to yourself, what would have to happen to you for you have such a terrible anger in your heart that you come back to this world and hurt people? I mean, for a food ghost, get told I wasn't delicious. <laughs> well, I don't think the person who is the ghost was food originally, although I think probably something traumatic and food related happened to them. Oh god, I hope th I hope that my restaurant isn't why they're a ghost now. Hmm. God, did they have that bad a time? I knew I should have replaced all the neon lights. Uh, I said earlier that you all rolled so well last episode that you kind of had some benefits still kind of in the chamber, as it were, things that mm -hmm. I couldn't, you didn't have enough information really to pay off. I think I'm gonna pull the trigger on one of those now, which is your investigation of the cart scene last episode mm -hmm. was so good that I'm going to say it clicks for you, Aze, that probably what happened was that someone journeying up or down the mountain starved to death. Uh, yeah, after sounds maybe, good. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. After being probably refused food by these merchants, and that's why their ghost attached to the food in their cart. If one were to apply the principle of retribution, one could assume that the merchants might have wronged the spirit that then inhabited the food that attacked them. Could we make this better by making a nice, tasty, delicious meal for the food yokai? Hey, you starved to death? Here's some... some... some beans on toast. It... Forgive me the crude metaphor, but I believe that would probably be akin to forging it a very fancy sword. It needs to be consumed? I think there are probably two ways to deal with this. Maybe one, find the body of the person who so tragically starved to death and put them to rest. Or two, eat the possessed food and die. I don't, I don't like the second one. Hmm. I will eat it but only if the pig consents to consumption after death. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm of the mind to find the original victim of all of this and give them their due and proper rest, even beyond resolving the matter regarding the yokai. It just feels wrong to allow an individual's body to not be given some form of dignity if that dignity is warranted. I think very first says, well, Slime, as much as the idea of you eating my flesh does make me uncomfortable. Your brain. My well, brain is flesh, dear. I think it's it would be a act of humble charity to allow you to have what I do not require anymore. I have to admit that would probably be a, a holy act. So I'm not against that necessarily. I do want to caution that going to retrieve the body of someone who starved to death on the mountain would mean leaving town during the winter, which is dangerous at the best of times, but especially with, you know, the frost giants out there, not the safest option. I shall consume the spirit and then the flesh in the spring. I don't think consuming the flesh would necessarily be putting it to rest in a proper form ah if 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 it if it would help uh whatever form the thing takes next i can i can sprinkle some hypothalamus munch on it if that would help spice it up a little for you hmm you always know what to say genius are you doing any particularly rude hand gestures outside <laughs> no i closed the door the moment you started turning chairs around fuck that noise <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you heard the music of the band Creed? I have some wonderful albums here. <laughs> uh, with, with, I, I, I appreciate the offer, but I do believe we have more pressing matters to attend to at this time. Thank, thank, thank you for your help. Um, I will make sure to go outside and let the genius of Grendel know that we were correct to come and seek your help and that they were wrong. By the way, I figured he was more of a skillet fan myself. And then <laughs> Ozzy starts leaving. Oh, uh, yeah. It very definitely says after Neely, uh, give Genie my regards. Make sure they know they're welcome here anytime. There's there's no shame in... Um, I'll make sure to give them your POD CD. <laughs> I eagerly yeah. await your death. Fear not, I am patient, and I will not quicken it. Okay, well, the the genius is extremely welcome and slime less so, I have to say. Hey, hey genius. We came to the right place the first time. You you were you were wrong. This is the right place to go. They they knew stuff. Oh, I did not ever say that Vary did not know things. I think that Vary is a very stupid professional. That is a waste of time. But I am glad that they have helped with this. I mean, is it a waste of time if they tell us exactly 100% everything we need to know straight away with very little difficulty? <laughs> did you? You couldn't do that. Did you have? To, <laughs> did you have to listen to a conversation about busting? I mean, that's inevitable with very, but you know. Are you I, happy to have somebody who is asking you about your busting? I mean, I did leave with some recommendations of new, um, mildly religious rock bands to probably not try listening to, so... I heard very once... Doing okay? Very once said that erections are your penis wanting to seize the world. 
That's actually a true statement. One of the priests at my uh, grade school gave us during father's class, no. where you have to you, 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 you have to do like sex ed talk with the the, the the priest at the school, and that was like he was like, "Yeah, it's just your penis wanting to see the world." You're like, mm. "My youth group was so much more chill. We just r- watched Rent until the adults left, and then we smoked weed." <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, Aze will regard, say over to uh, Genius of Grendel, the, uh, 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 the recommended course of action amounts to one of two things. One is to find the body of the spirit that is currently inhabiting the food, who is someone who most likely died of starvation after being refused food by the merchants whose cart we came across. Or we find whatever the yokai is possessed next, have slime consume it, and then have slime perish, slime's body perish to have the spirit be dismissed appropriately. Mm. And what one do you guys want? Uh, well, I mean, the, the option. I wish be- to die. <laughs> I mean,. Slime, slime seems to know what they what the, what they want, and I would rather not go out into the place where we're going to freeze to death and also probably die. Although, if we continue to fight all of the food in town, we will have none left when winter comes around. You are correct. Um, at look at the worst case scenario, any food that gets like splatted, I will still like collect it up and make some nice stew out of it. We'll we'll make it work, but. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still going to make a note about this. And Aze pulls out like one of his books from his little messenger bag and writes down some notes about the existence of a body from someone who has been wronged, effectively uh, killed due to the ill intent of someone else. It's like to note to try to find that body at a later time, not in the immediate, obviously. But yeah, seasons usually run around forty episodes. There's time. Yeah, but I was able then not to. You know, it's like if, if you and if you and Slime are of the mind to go with this route, my only my only uh, suggestion is that we be as quick about this as we can. I I I agree, but also like at least this way we're here where the food is and can stop it getting too destroyed by the yokai. If we leave town, who knows what the yokai could do while we're trying to get to the body? Too well. As far as I've seen so far, it hides until agitated. So I'm glad the thing's at my restaurant. Anything that happens now is fine. <laughs> I su- I suggest that we probably give uh, Applewhite a visit to see if anything is happening over on their farm. Yeah. Yeah, so the party leaves, varies igloo, and goes back to the farm at the edge of town. And you're all kind Question? of... Question? Yeah. Sorry. As we leave, where's the where's the source? Dur- during travel scenes, we usually have inner party conversations, which we can still do. But if you want to also address the source situation, I think now would actually be a great time to build up to this confrontation. Can I, can I just cast Speak with Animals as a ritual? I know that'll take about 10 minutes to pull off, but is that possible for us to do on route? Yep, yep, yep. During transportation scenes, uh, yeah, in transit, we can do rituals. That's not a big deal. Yeah, so Aze is going to cast Speak with Animals as a ritual and then regard the shores for a little bit. 
Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned rituals on the podcast in a while, but that just means you can do it without a spell slot if you are undisturbed during that time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pairs and casts it and then regards the Shores and gives a little bit of a pat and say, it looks like you've been through quite a lot today. My hooves are cold. Uh, yes, it is very cold around here. We'll have to find a way to help with that later on. I want a scarf. One second. And Ozzy reaches into his messenger bag. Um, he has multiple scarves on hand. We talked about this in the Discord. Um, Ozzy uh, has multiple star maps, and each star map has its own scarf that it's coordinated with. So Ozzy just kind of takes care of one of the scarves from the messenger bag and just sort of like wraps it around the Shores' neck a little bit to give it a little something there and gives it another pat on the side. It's like, now I'm styling. You uh, sure are there. Do you have a name? Oh, it's uh, it's not pronounceable in your language, but I guess now because of this snazzy scarf, you could call me Drip. Well, Drip, can you tell me about what you saw earlier when your cart was disrupted after you left town? Oh, yeah, we were going down mountain back where we came from and all of a sudden a bunch of bees big white bees came buzzing out of the cart and they attacked and the, the humans they tried to stop them and they got all ate up and they cut us loose and then they got all ate up and we ran away hmm. that does seem to line up with what we know well at the very least you are safe I'm safe and sexy I would not be able to comment on that latter part but We'll have to figure out what to do with you after this situation with the bees has been resolved. What to do with me? I need socks. We'll need to find you a place where you can keep warm at the very least. I, so I, in my, my mental image of this hammerhead shark horse hybrid is rapidly becoming just a really strange goofball. Um, and I think he's definitely going to try to steal clothes from the party as they go. I think... Uh, Neely, do you have, like, mittens? Uh, yes, 100% tiny little oven mitt mittens. <laughs> okay, I think, uh, I think Drip is gonna take an oven mitt from you if possible and try to, uh, put it on his hooves. <laughs> Neely will begrudgingly, not begrudgingly, it, it's a moment of begrudgingment, and then it's like, okay, that's actually gonna look really adorable, so yes, um, okay. they're handed over. <laughs> Uh, genius, do you have anything fun to steal? A hat, maybe? Uh, yeah, so I I haven't mentioned it to this point, but visually in my mind, I like to think that the genius wore, like, these sort of faux, uh, like, very fancy, re like, military-inspired attire. Like, you know, like, old-school, like, Napoleon kind of stuff and things along those yeah, lines. Yeah, so yeah. So I imagine there is just, like, this absurdly over-the-top fancy, but, like, what's, like steampunk gears hanging out of it napoleon style hat and you can just gank okay uh slime you don't wear clothes so i can't really i think uh <laughs> probably drip tries to pull on your hair and then finds it doesn't come off and just gives up <laughs> okay do you want to slop some slime on him is is your slime like does it insulate heat at all i give some slime in solidarity i it appears as i pick up on the fact that it desires clothes and i misinterpret it 
and put some slime on it. Oh. It doesn't like it, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's called style, bitch. <laughs> Look it up, haters. In the case, I appreciate your uh, information, Drip. We will discuss things later. It's noticeable now, Drip, having a personality suddenly uh, walks in a very uh, ostentatious way, like they're doing a runway. I think I think the clothing is only encouraging that even more. So, absolutely, you cast a speak with animals spell, and something unlocked within this shark horse, and now the- this is exactly this this is exactly why I'm like people like people ask me like what is the what's the horse's name? I'm like that's what speak with animals is for, you know. So you're correct, you know, you should ask the horse where possible what their name is. In my head, I couldn't stop thinking of the the, the sentence, Chauncey the Shorse. Chauncey? Chauncey was, his, Chauncey was what his, his prior or owner named him. Drip is his true name. Okay. I was going to say Chauncey was the horse that got away, because there was two that got cut mm, free. Oh, that's, no. oh that's, that's true, that's right. Chauncey the coward. No, Chauncey Sha- ran down the path and back to town, and Drip ran into the forest because his brain doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he, uh, Aze gives like uh, Drip another like reassuring pat and just continues to walk with everyone else. This is so funny because we're three episodes in and we've already broke the only 10 named NPCs rule that I was very excited about, but that's how it goes. <laughs> By the end of this season, we're going to name the child that has a cat. <laughs> so as we're like heading uh, to the to the farm, uh, the genius is just going to turn to Slime and say, "I have a question for you, Slime." Ask away. What are you, Slime? Interesting. Now, is this a sentient form of slime? Very astute of you. Yes. N- now earlier. You mentioned that you were there when the gods died, and you did not seem to be telling a lie. Wait, you were there? I can hear things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, is this a case of the genius secretly wanted to be in the room, so had their, their ear pressed up against the door, like, I wanna, I wanna know what's happening. There's a flashback of bloops in the corner of the room listening. <laughs> yep. It is on the car- it is on the the stat sheet that bloops can transmit images and things that it sees into my mind. Mm-hmm. But you're bust in character. You've now been busted as having been listening. Oh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's a- it's an open secret. We all know. I was aware when the gods fell. Yes. So how old would that make you? Longer than you can imagine. Interesting. I have always been under the belief that things live that long eventually come to an end. It's possible, but improbable. Mm, The gods died, but you do not. At that time, I wasn't as complex as I am now. Oh, intriguing. So what is it that you are in our town for, then? To learn and experience things. Things I haven't experienced before. You've lived all that time and there are things you still have not experienced? I grew very slowly. And I mean, look, no matter how long someone's been alive, my cooking is something that, you know, kind of experienced that in the past or somewhere else. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. That was bad. Awful. Delete that. (laughs) 
Delete it. <laughs> Drip is like, Drip is like, damn, that's deep. <laughs> is, does the horse just talk all the time now? No, only Ozzy can understand Drip. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was like, does the horse just talk? You were like, yeah, the horse uh, steps on a, one of those devices that lets animals talk and their words come out as people noises. I know. I like the idea that Drip can talk shit about all of you, but Aze just politely won't translate. Are you a malicious spirit? No. No. Oh, then we are good. Then <laughs> he he should unfurl a huge scroll of questions, and it just says, "Are you a malicious spirit?" And then just blank for the whole. <laughs> I just burn it up afterwards. The rest is unnecessary. I trust you. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't give up the chance to learn more things and eat more brains if not for some reason. I trust you. Well, we were talking about gods earlier. Most creation myths revolve around a god dying and everyone eating their body and making the world or coming out of their body or consuming them in some way. So what is there to be afraid of? I mean, missing out on eating particular brains, there's that, but... You know. If you died and I put a seed over your body, the tree would eat your body, and then the birds would eat the seeds, and then the, you would fly with the birds, wouldn't you? I would, but I wouldn't get to do any more people stuff before that happened. I know that's going to happen. I'm chill about it when it does happen. I would like to get a lot of things done before that. It's funny because Mari has not listened to the last season, but just accidentally summarized the entire plot, which is very funny. Oops. Yes. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> you're just like all gods uh their story involves them dying and then you build, plant a seed and it's just like okay dog spoilers for the <laughs> i didn't i didn't listen to it <laughs> i know it's just very funny thematic have you ever eaten the brain of somebody whose life has disappointed you no oh no one's life has ever felt unfulfilled Every action and everything I learn is an enjoyment I consider a treasure. But what about for the people you've consumed? Do they experience regret? They're dead. They experience nothing. I would say they did not value the experiences that they got to have. <laughs> and Drip says, and so you value it for them. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> you can't understand me, bitch. <laughs> I value all experiences. For example, my left breast is underneath one of your houses right now, experiencing what it's like to be a disembodied breast. All right, no one's going to be able to follow that up, so I should just say, <laughs> as you approach the farm... Whose house? <laughs> a n a n I don't know right now. A number of tum-tums come rolling up to greet the party, and they love Aze specifically, and they're, like, rolling all around your feet as you, uh, you know, walk up to the farm, like, next to Drip. The tum-tums are about, wait a minute. The tum Funny, a question. Uh, speak with animals is still active, which means I could talk to the tum-tums, I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Aze's gonna just- There can't be any more animals this season. This is already overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna force as many as we can. Anyways, Ozzy is just gonna think about the first one. It's like uh, Tum Tums is something the the matter back at the farm. Uh, okay, you say that to the Tum Tums, um, and actually they don't have mouths. Um, I wonder if they 
I bet they communicate via like pheromones. So you, what you get isn't words, it's meaning. Uh-huh. And you understand uh, fossil sprouts, danger, uh, earthquake? Mm. Oh no, not the fossil sprouts. Mm. So it's like, like, like Ozzy just was like, fossil sprouts, danger, earthquake. Oh no. Um, and as you get up to the barbed wire fence, you see Farmer Applewhite walking over just very... Uh, casually, she's a, a, a larger lady, and she's kind of just taking her time, chewing on her piece of wheat, and she says, Oh, hi there. Funny seeing you again so soon. Hey, um, there's a ghost living in the fossil sprouts. Oh, no, that's just how they are. No, no, there there is actually a ghost living in the fossil sprouts. As you say that, you hear a terrible ripping noise um it's hard to explain because you never heard anything quite like it but the ground shakes and there's just this just tearing ripping noise from further down the field and uh apple white its mouth drops open and the the you know shock of wheat drops out and floats to the ground as i will uh, remark to the uh tum-tums and to drips like all right you all stay a safe distance away while we Take care of the situation, you all. Oh, no. What's going on? Did you bring the flesh fruit? We brought more than just the flesh fruit. Uh, (laughs) In short, a person starved and their spirit uh, is getting retribution through food itself. Uh, Dexterity saving throw as a dozen potatoes go flying through the air and begin landing on all of you. Oh, no. Dexterity saving throws? Oh, no. Uh-huh. It's, 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 uh, uh. Uh, 18. Success. 14. Success. Five. Not a success. Slime and Ozzy get hit in the face with giant potatoes. I say giant, like, you know, fist-sized potatoes, but they've been thrown with such force that they, they hit you like a, a fist, like a, like a trained boxer punching you in the eye, and you take three damage uh neely and the genius dodge uh farmer applewhite goes ass over tea kettle and this oh 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 dear oh dearie me i okay okay i'm off bye (laughs) and she starts running with the tum-tums as you indicated she needs to get to safety i think uh unless you have a better suggestion i think she's just running i i I would also instruct drip to go to the barn and keep themselves keep them safe Oh, yeah, I'm too damn beautiful to get hurt out here. I know that the yokai is to be the charm, but what if? What if? <laughs> what if Drip charms the yokai? Roll initiative. Uh, shit, okay. You can go first. You have all the radiant damage. That's true. I'm going to be using Guiding Bolt yet again because that thing's been doing a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, 16 initiative. Neely's up first again. Again? Okay. You mess with the restaurant, you get the restaurant. The best restaurant. I didn't have it. Uh, yeah. So, so this time around, um, it's vegetables and plant-based foods that are being taken over, right? Uh, yeah. So basically, what happens is, uh, as drip the tum tums and farmer Applelight run off to the barn to seek shelter, you all, uh, you know. Uh, open up the fence and run inside of the farm and you see a big field is like tearing itself out of the ground in a giant humanoid monstrosity. I'd say, you know, several stories high, but still 
partially attached to the ground by the roots. It's like struggling to get up. It's a it's a conglomeration of potatoes, fossil sprouts, watermelons, uh, yeah. pumpkins, all kinds of ground based stuff, and also some fantasy fruits that we don't you know we'd have to workshop together right now that you don't know. And it's like trying to pull itself together and up. And so. If it does successfully stand, it's going to become much deadlier. Yeah. I'm very glad that you said that it's still attached to the ground with roots and that it is trying to pull itself together, because to me that says it is still connected to the network of roots uh, in the ground, and not all of the, the, the plants involved in it are necessarily connected to the yokai yet. So I'm going to cast Speak with Plants. Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, so I have, like, two things I'm hoping to, like, I'm crossing my fingers I can achieve with this. First of all, any plants that are able to, I want to be fighting against this thing getting up, so the roots in the ground trying to pull it back down, um, you know, the bits bits of animated plant on the, on, on the thing trying to wrestle themselves off it. Secondly... I imbue, I imbue plants with the ability to communicate with me. I want to try and talk to this yokai. Yeah, so this is going to involve a lot of home brewing and on on the fly thinking because none of this is rules as written. So here's what I'm going to say. Uh, your spellcasting modifier is charisma because you're a bard, so I'm going to try to save against this and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, what's, yeah, this ghost made of food is not a very charismatic bastard. 16... Good gosh. Uh, against my spell save DC, uh, that does beat my DC. Ooh, okay, wow, Ooh. very lucky roll. I had a negative three modifier there. Uh, so what? basically what happens is you can talk to the plants, but they cannot exert influence the way you want yet. If you, uh, if, you, know, you try again and you succeed, then we'll, we'll work through your desires. But basically, I think the plants right now um, all can speak to you, Neelith, and they're all saying like, Hurry, hurry, it's getting up! It's taking over my mind! Mind can, is... Can I speak to the yokai via these plants? Not with that failure, no. Okay, okay. Um, I don't... I think uh, speak with plants is my whole action, so I tried. Bonus action to give someone else inspiration if you wish. Oh, yeah! Um... I will give um, Arze Bardic Inspiration. Sorry, I, could, I, 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 I throw them just like a very... Uh, I promised them some, some really good stew, the really good stuff. I'm going to put a couple of little, little bit of extra spice in it this time. The mystery spice that I never tell Arze what is. It's crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was something very simple like paprika. Taste the rainbow. Or sugar. <laughs> Crystal meth, taste the rainbow. <laughs> I just drop a little bit of LSD in there. It's great. Oh, actually, that makes sense. Oh. At the end of your turn, Neelith, uh, legendary action. Um, 18 to hit you. Yeah. Uh, 13 damage. Um, what kind of... I think probably a... Uh, bunch of carrots get ripped out of the ground beneath you like a like a knife trap you know like a bapunji trap right like where you fall into it but it's mm. carrots instead of uh steaks and you get uh, kind of st stabbed by a bunch of carrots and it's slime's turn i i like to think because speak with plants is active the carrots are there like we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> we didn't mean it i don't 
Santa, help me, Crusoe, shop. <laughs> Yo, guys are mysterious. <laughs> I cast a level three ray of sickness, which I'll remind everyone looks like disgusting pustules exploding out of my body onto the giant pile of potatoes trying to escape the earth. Mm-hmm. So I do. That's a that's a yeah that's an attack. So that's a d twenty plus seven for the attack roll. Twenty seven. I got a crit. Okay. Perfect. Natural twenty plus seven. So that means that you roll double the number of dice you would for the spell. So instead of four d eight, it's eight d eight damage. What happens is I just open my mouth and my chest cavity and all my other holes. I'm talking no. nose, ears, no. butthole, no. vagina. And it's all just pouring a huge just torrent of disgusting like ooze all over these potatoes. Just endless. Just it keeps going. You're like, where is it coming from? You don't know. It's too much and it's more disturbing the longer it goes on. And I got a 35. I think a constitution saving throw not to be sickened, right? Yeah. 18. <laughs> I have succeeded. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, the only concern here is like, hmm, I hope this doesn't spoil the food. Uh, it is actually at the end of your turn, slime. I collapse to the ground, expending so much ooze from my body. I hate that. I rolled a 22 to attack you. That's going to hit 15. Um, I think what happens is you, when you collapse to the ground, uh, you land in some, uh, some peppers and all the peppers kind of swell and burst and hit you with like corrosive burning acid for 15 damage. Got it. Uh, it is now the yokai's turn. The yokai is going to use its action to fully rip itself up out of the ground and start to stand up. Um, this is now like a full fledged, uh, vegetable giant now. Uh, and this is going to give it a uh, bonus strength and HP going forward in this fight. Mm. So that that's its action is to basically enter Super Saiyan veggie form. And it's Aze's turn. Hmm. I wonder if this thing counts as a shapeshifter. I think you have a moonbeam, I believe, does something special is what you're alluding to. Yes. It, yes, I, I, I do. I'm also changing the name of uh, moonbeam to lunar interjection is what I'm calling it now. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Aze, you know, Aze, you know, does a uh, motion with his little uh, star map orb, spins the top and bottom, stops on a certain combination of constellations, and then light flickers above the yokai stands up, and then the 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 silverly beam, the silvery beam of light pierces down upon it, and it must make a Constitution saving throw. If if it's a shapeshifter, if a shape changer, the saving throw is made with disadvantage. Yes. Uh, so that's a 14. I actually have something I'm going to use here called a legendary resistance, which means if a creature would fail, it can choose to succeed. And I can do that three times. And bosses usually have those because there's some spells which kind of mm. instantly win a fight and you don't want your boss to go out like a chump. No, that's, that's pre- complete. <laughs> that, that's pre- fine. It does confirm Aze's thought, though. Um, and it still takes half damage at this point here. So, um, so I think the flavor of this is once again, like the snow, uh, 
clouds above part, you see the portal above and then a beam comes down from the stars above and hits this thing and it starts to come apart. Like the, you know, rutabagas come apart from the eggplants and it starts to fall. And then it just through a super wills itself back. Yeah. Yeah. Supernatural willpower just stops the degradation. So it takes seven damage from that. And then Aze will follow up by reapplying his um, starry form, which I'm also rechanging the name of in the middle of the session to astrological singularity, because it's two constellations forming into one singularity. Um, and he's going to re reapply the manipulator and do his bonus shot at the, um, uh, at the yokai question, uh, what is the bardic inspiration die, uh, Laura? Uh, it is a, pl- uh, a D. Let me double check. I think it's six. A D8. A D8. D8. Night. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Ozzy throws a twenty-nine to hit the yokai with that shot there, and does nine radiant damage. Also, both the damages are radiant, by the way. So. At the end of Aze's turn, because I just had the Yokai's turn, which lets us recharge its legendary actions. Uh, 22. Damn, the Yokai does not miss. Uh, 16. I think, uh, what is the, what is the meanest fruit or vegetable? I think star fruit thrown like shuriken is definitely what my mental image is the deadliest kind of fruit attack. So I think a couple of those stick in you, Aze. A durant, those big spiky balls. Oh, a durian. Yeah, uh, yeah, durian. Oh, yeah. Okay, a genius of Grendel, take your turn, and then I'm gonna fuck you with a durian. Whoa. <laughs> okay. I thought we weren't being horny. And I don't have to pay to the Patreon for that. <laughs> My lucky day. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, the genius is going to sit there and think, oh, what would help here? What would help here? And then just say fuck it, and I'm gonna cast grease for because I want to see what it does. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so the, normally grease is like something you can set on fire uh that's obviously a very interesting application of that i think additionally uh it's going to de- degrade the cohesion of this kind of conglomeration so um well we'll still uh anything that's in the square where the grease comes in has to make a dexterity save throw or fall prone uh 10 that's gonna fail so i think yeah this giant thing's like trying to stand up and all the roots are pulling down on it and then you just shoot out of a you know a nozzle on your wheelchair a really greasy nasty substance on it and it kind of crumbles back down to the ground uh so everyone will have advantage until it gets back up on its turn and also it's extremely flammable now neilith oh you don't say I do, in fact, say. Okay. Um. Uh, so Neelith is going to um place her frying pan against the creature and cast heat metal. Oh fuck! <laughs> I didn't know. Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Yeah, do it. Exactly. And as we we confirmed earlier in the episode, she's got oven gloves, so sh- this is fine. You're go- you're flabbing it. You're flabbing it. Exactly. So that's um Yokai Foster. We got Yokai Foster. 
Uh, 2d8 fire damage. Uh, let's... Well, here's what I'm going to say is that uh, now normally I could use a legendary uh, resistance to make this fail, but I think now this is where we we improv what Grisa does that Grease can't, which is just overwhelming firepower that can't be magically resisted. So I think, I mean, Neelith, feel free to paint me a picture of this, but I think you catch the yokai on fire and you have yourself a little ghost roast and then slime, you paint the next part of the picture. You've won. Paint me if it just... Mwah. So I think that the way that this works is that Neelith is using the, the flaming frying pan to try and sort of shivvy this thing away from... Uh, Away from the rest of the the fruits and vegetables and things in the in in the farm that we're trying not to impact, uh, much as someone might you know flip a you know a pancake in a frying pan. I'm not suggesting that you can actually flip this thing, but trying to use the flying a frying pan to sort of shivvy it away as it's on fire, um, shaking it around as best as possible, ready for slime. I take my hands and I put them in my mouth. And I pull at my jaw until it detaches, like the jawbone detaches from my skull, so that my mouth is bigger. And then I, <laughs> and then I grab pieces of the monster and start shoving it down my throat as fast as I can. And so, and then my stomach is just distending and getting bigger and bigger to the point where you can actually see the outline of the potatoes inside of my my belly area body horror and it's just it's just unnatural but i keep doing it i mentally until... i mentally tuned out for a second and i thought i was on fucking um pixel square again because i was like <laughs> oh this sounds like you're describing fucking inflation shit <laughs> yeah so does the fire kill you or does somebody else execute you and put you out of misery i can feel death approaching and i turn to neelith and say, my dying wish, as is customary to all those who die, is that you leave my corpse to rot by the side of the road. That's also my dying wish, for the record. I I think we can do that. I don't know how much it's going to rot in the snowy time, but we will leave it there until it does. So, like, as you say this, Aze, who's collapsed to the ground because he takes one hit and is near death every single time in a fight, he just sort of gestures with his hand and the beam from the moon just passes through slime's body the beam comes down thinner than you would think through my skull into my body and then slices me in half and then this my two halves fall apart and all the potatoes come out perfectly <laughs> roasted they smell amazing <laughs> oh, God. because they've all because the monster actually ro- rolled around in the herb patch and now they're just perfectly <laughs> roasted potatoes and from being inside me and cooking they all became like really well seasoned <laughs> but my body is like really just cut in half you can see all the putridness but the potatoes are perfect uh, I they're think, perfectly cooked I think during this Neelith um, is gonna just is just gonna float down to the ground and just hold Slime's hand <laughs> I think from the pile the pile of perfectly cooked potatoes you see a kind of humanoid ghost like rise up just like the you know the white spectral outline of a person kind of float out 
uh, look around with just the vaguest shape of eyes, not like well drawn. You can't even tell what you know species this person was, but they they regard all of you with a kind of peaceful glance, and they just kind of fade away. Including Slime's corpse, they gave the peaceful glance to Slime's corpse. Yeah, I think the 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 spirit has been freed and looks at all of you uh, gratefully. Perfect. Um, because the ritual is complete, even though Slime, you aren't quote unquote dead the same way that person is dead. Uh, after that, Odze is gonna basically just collapse for a moment himself, and the 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 light from the moon dissipates as he just takes a good moment to just sort of catch his breath on the ground. Uh, so the genius is going to roll over to Slime's corpse and is just going to look at it and say, I am curious to see what form you take next. You have become very interesting to me. But we are done here now, yes? I am off to do research. Neelith is going to um, pull the body over to the side of the road. Perfect. And try and make up a nice little, like, you know, put, put a little mound of, of snow to be a pillow. Just, you know, try, try, try and make the body look comfortable at least. So, as Neelith is placing my body very nicely, my two split halves, um... All the slime on and inside my body starts to like ooze out, and then it forms the letters BRB, <laughs> and then it starts slithering towards the graveyard, but then it stops, slithers back towards the body, plucks out the two eyeballs, and kind of like floats them up like two stalks so it can see and look, and then it looks at Neela, Neela, and said, Needed this. <laughs> and William <laughs> and William and then slithers over to Az and goes B or B because you know they would want to know too and then slithers off to the graveyard and finds a good body this body they find is, is pretty fresh pretty good and, and but it's uh, masculine presenting and slime remembers that Many members of the community don't like gender morphic body parts to be present, but clothes are uncomfortable for slime. So slime rips off their genitals and throws them into the forest, <laughs> thus making their body completely acceptable for the public. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> and the penis is now crawling around like a caterpillar in the forest. Slime, you slither into your new body. Uh, st- uh, is sticking William's skull to it, affixing it on top. Of course, of course. As you normally do. You tear the genitals off, w- walk over to the, the boreal forest and just chuck the disembodied penis into the trees. Yes. And then you turn around and <laughs> staring at you with two unblinking spotlight eyes, literally shining like two beacons, is the grave digger who just gives you a knowing smile. Thank you again, friend. I was following the pack, all swallowed in the coats, with scars 
of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads from falling in the snow. And I turn round and there you go. And Michael, you would fall and turn the white snow red and strawberries in the summertime.